But hey, everybody, this is the Tim and John Show, episode 21. I'm Tim Pichot, the Liberty Advisor, and we've got John Snice and the Economic Truth. And uh, today we're going to talk about the Great Reset, the unsustainable drive to sustainable development, and the new Bretton Woods. Now, I was MIA for the past two weeks while I was traveling to the Red Pill Conference in Jekyll Island, Georgia. I didn't want to wear a mask, so I actually drove 5,100 miles. And we do have a lot of good interviews coming up, such as you know with Dr. Andrew Kaufman, Robert Kiyosaki, Mickey Wills, the producer of Plandemic, Alex Newman, uh, Sheriff Richard Mack, along with Howard Lickman at the same time. So that was really good. Uh, Stuart Rhodes of Oath Keepers had some behind the scenes footage of Jekyll Island Club coming up. Also uh, did a report from the Georgia Guidestone. So if you guys don't know what that is, uh, you know, be sure to check that out. But in the meantime, since I've since we've been back, this is the first episode where we have officially been kicked off WhoTube. Uh, we being World Alternative Media, a bunch of other great channels were all kicked off at the same time. So, you know, a lot of you guys were saying, hey, you know, we're fear mongering. You're sick of us, you know, wasting this time to tell you to go to go to other places. Well, you know, guess what? We're telling oh. you right now to go to other places. Game over, right. bitches. Sorry. Yeah, like uh, library.tv <laughs> forward slash at the Liberty Advisor. Uh, or, you know, could join the podcast or BitChute, which as of starting today, I posted a rant up there today for my drive down there. Uh, you know, and, and pretty soon we'll have all my shows on BitChute. I think I have, you know, I have up until January up there, but everything's on library.tv, lbry.tv. And uh, right before we're going online, I decided that I would go check out Yahoo Finance. And uh, what was crazy is yesterday I was checking out Yahoo Finance. And what did I see on Yahoo Finance? And this is actually what's actually, you know, this is actually up there right now. So let me just go take a look here in real time. Uh, and we have, where is it? The Fed may be stuck with forever stimulus as exit from QE impeded. And another one here towards the bottom. This actually was uh, at the very front and center yesterday underneath a slightly different heading. But it's major meeting of central banks produces same old evaluating CBDCs refrain. So that refers to central bank digital currencies. And John, I've been talking about the FSB meeting that they just had on uh, CBDCs. Like they just put out a huge report on how to how central bankers should uh, adopt CBCs. By the way, CBDCs. Yeah, what's crazy is it's you know just all presented in this like nonchalant you know manner. Like, oh, it's just the same old, same old talking about you know going to a you know global one world digital currency and you know just you know it's just such boring talk. And you know, you gotta love how you know these you know central bankers how they try to you know. Uh, you know, paint this as like, oh, so no, no, not a big deal. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, the usual casual conversations about, you know, global world domination and such. <laughs> yeah, they're just sitting there like, <laughs> no, we're saving that. that that's actually yeah, coming sorry. up when we talk about Cla oh, yeah. Klaus Schaub. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, and for those who don't know, Klaus Schaub, and, and I've heard a lot of financial commentators uh, say this, so it's not an original Schwab. thought by me, but. He, he literally is a, is, he, is that Teddy in the background? Yeah, that's my buddy, Teddy. My homie, Teddy, is over in the corner. I mean, Klaus Schaub <laughs> is a literal, sounds, looks and sounds like a James Bond supervillain. And that's, and I've heard, <laughs> I think, Charlie Robinson talk about that. I've heard James yeah. talk about that. I heard uh, George Gannon mention that. Like, and it's like yeah. everyone across the board. So if you somehow don't think that Klaus Schaub looks and sounds like a James Bond supervillain, then... Uh, you're going to be in the extreme minority. And uh, yeah. that, not that I ever like to be, you know, uh, agreeing with everybody else when it comes to these things. 
But, you know, John, what I was thinking is that we would get into, uh, you know, while you, you know, you, you brought it up, you brought up, uh, you know, uh, James Bond, super villain. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to rewind this just a little yeah. bit and we're going to play out. Uh, and hopefully, you know, this is fair use. Hopefully they don't, you know, kick me off in a YouTube for, for mentioning this, but this is all, and, you know, let me just back it up just a little bit. So this is all part of the world economic forum. They have a whole great, great reset. This is not conspiracy theory. I mean, literally it's on their own website. They actually have a micro site where it's actually called, uh, it's like forward slash the great reset. Let me, uh, let me get that up in just a second here. So, you know, here we go. It's weforum.org slash the great dash reset. It's on their own website. Uh, James Corbett had a great video when I was traveling uh, back. I ended up watching that video and he did a great job talking about that. And so anyways, we're going to play this out for a little bit, probably, you know, pause it every now and then. Uh, and yeah. but this is the bankers in their own words talking about, you know, what their plans are for uh, for all the, uh, the sheeple out there. Who have died. Um, just imagine the personal tragedy which is behind all those cases. So we have to be very careful not just to look at the figures. Now, when we look at COVID, I think we should um, distinguish between three phases. We have the three R's, restrain, which means to fight the virus, the hot phase most countries are in today. Then we have recover, to go back to a kind of new normal. Re-enslave the public. Which means to define and to design the strategies um, which uh, should lead us uh, in the after-corona phase. Um, what is the objective? What kind of world do we want to build? What do we know? What did we learn? I think the world um, which uh, we want to create with the Great Reset has to be much more resilient. It has to be because security people will demand for more security, um, physical security, health security. It will have to be more inclusive. Uh, we have I mean, already the a big gap um, before the crisis. I mean, the most secure uh, place you could possibly be is in a prison. I mean, they, they clothe you, yeah. feed you, yeah. uh, you know, give you everything you need. And, and I mean, people are still sneaking drugs in there. They can't even, you know, it's, it's where probably the most male rapes of anywhere go on is, you know, underneath the government tutelage. They can't even keep, you know, the biggest pedophile in the world. Uh, basically, probably world history and Jeffrey Epstein can't even keep him alive. But, oh, yeah, let's just turn the world <laughs> into a giant prison planet. To uh, keep everyone safe for your security. What was it? Benjamin Franklin had the uh, the quote, or was it Thomas Jefferson that had the quote about, uh, you know, those who seek, those who are willing to give up uh, safety for security, uh, basically will get neither. I mean, that's that's yeah. you know, the paraphrase no, version of it. Well, it's pretty obvious that that's what's going to happen to him if uh, if we go down this route. Uh, these uh, technocrats, because that's what they are they are really just in, in the belief that, you know, we're stupid peasants that, you know, can't uh, control ourselves. So they got to control us and they got to make sure that you and me can, uh, you know, be able to feed ourselves because we don't know how to eat properly or uh, we don't know how to, you know, save our money or take care of ourselves personally. So they all got to control ourselves on a micromanaged level. And that's what you get with, uh, you know, these uh, crazy, crazy, um, uh, cashless system that's that they're pushing you know the, they got the banking for all now with the fed now payment system uh, over in the united states here in canada they've been 
having multiple, multiple uh, type of payment projects that they've been working on for cash. As one was uh, Project Jasper, which uh, I, I covered. I think you and me actually. Yeah, we did a video uh, on that. Did a video uh, on, on that way year. back. Uh, yeah, last year. That, that was actually a Ripple uh, project, but that went down south. According actually to, I managed to get a hold of the guy uh, that deals with the cashless move for Canada. And he actually said that, oh, they went away from uh, Project Jasper. They're trying to do something uh, called RTR now, which is real-time transfer, uh, apparently. So I don't know what, like, if that's even on a blockchain, doesn't sound like it. So I think they went away from blockchain because it's uh, traceable uh, and, and trackable for the public, potentially, uh, with a blockchain. So I think they don't really want that at all. They want, you know, a, a, a safe... A blockchain that they could control uh, if it's a blockchain at all. I don't think actually these new CBDCs are going to be blockchains whatsoever, Tim, from what we've uh, seen and heard. I think like it, it's just hilarious. And one thing is this talk about stable coins. You know, stable coins against what? Like this is what really infuriates me when they talk about stable coins like the the ETH, uh, you know, the Tether, uh, UDS, like UDC, whatever they call used dollar coin, whatever they called. There's uh, many of them right now. Uh, the problem is like, you call it a stable coin, but the problem is it's losing its value in inflationary uh, measures because of the, the actual, uh, you know, uh, the actual currency that it tracks is losing value. So that's not stable per, uh, at all. <laughs> So I don't know why they would even, you know, dare to call them stable coins. I call that a total fraud. If anybody calls any of those coins a stable coin, uh, Tim, in my point of view. But what we're, what we're seeing here is, you know, with the, the great reset that the World Economic Forum has, uh, you know, you had, the, I've been talking about it a lot, the, the book from um, a guy called Stupi McIntosh called The Redesign of the Global Financial Infrastructure, The Return of State Authority. I highly suggest everybody reads that book because, that is really what they're aiming for. But in, in the meanwhile, you know, the IMF and, uh, you know, World Economic Forum and others, uh, busy bees, you know, are trying to really uh, put their ideas out there of exactly what they want to see. Uh, so they have, you know, different, uh, different views on things. But of course, in the background, there's this, you know, massive entity called the Financial Stability Board, which, you know, runs the current financial system. Nobody's aware of that. Like uh, we talked with, you know, Ed about uh, the Fed being nationalized, which is not. And it's actually this financial stability board, the Federal Reserve, Bank of Canada, everybody that's a part of the G20 actually implements measures from that are actually put forward by the financial stability board right away. So, and that was one of the biggest, uh, you know, uh, pros, uh, according to Stu P. McIntosh, the head of a group called G30, He's the executive director there. Uh, this group is actually, uh, it has the biggest uh, bankers in the world, so all the chairs, all the major banks. It has the big top economists. It has the top uh, central bankers in the world. And so this, uh, this group here actually uh, really prefers to have a, like actually he said it's more dictatorial in its nature, but that's a lot better because there's less people to make a decision for everybody. And that type of thought and view is exactly also what, you know, uh, Charles Schwab here is, you know, a parroting, Tim. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know if you said a parody or parroting, but yeah, it's a parody of a Par- uh, parroting. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I know it looks like a parody of a yeah. yeah of a Bond villain, as we already mentioned before. But let's go back to our friend over here, Klaus Schaub. And I, I have usually I, I'm on OBS, so it's easy to go back and forth. Right now, doing this live on Zoom, so let's uh, just bear with me in real time. This is started. This gap will be tremendously increased. So if you want to avoid. Uh, some kind of uh, social revolutions, and we have seen uh, revolutions on the streets uh, already the last weeks. Um, so we have to address um, this issue. And let's just bring up that point real quick to, to stop it there. Revolution on the streets. I mean, isn't it funny how you had all these movements with a yellow vest over in, in France? Yeah. You had, uh, you know, everything going on in Hong Kong. Hong Kong, had- yeah. Things burning down all across the world, and all then- across Canada, especially in the oil sands. There was massive protests there. Uh, there was a lot of protests everywhere. You know, Spain, all these different countries, Italy, everywhere. Uh, and you know, interestingly enough, that all uh, well, actually, it hasn't disappeared because people are resilient and they're standing up for themselves, which is good. But you know, it, it became very convenient to say that those protests were illegal because of COVID. Who wasn't? <laughs> yeah, I mean that. I mean it's just so so obvious to like, anybody in the know. But anyways, let's go back to the Bond supervillain to create a stronger inclusiveness, oh, inclusiveness. and finally um, more sustainable. It's okay that we're raping the economy because we have pink rainbow socks and talk about how great LBGTQ plus P whatever other initials they want to add to that are. Because um, uh, we know add now the whole alphabet too. Uh, that um, the next crisis is already waiting for us oh, is around it? the corner. And around it the is corner. climate crisis. Actually, we're right in it. Um, I don't know if you got The World Economic Forum, by the way, <laughs> has uh, warned the world uh, uh, related to the um, to possible pandemics since years. And actually, three of the major organizations uh, now in the fight against the virus, like um, the... Together with Fund, the Gavi and um, the Berlin and Melinda uh, Gates uh, Foundation. Also, CEPI, uh, all those organizations were uh, created in, in Davos. So we know that the next crisis uh, may come on us and we have to be better prepared. Oh, just like they had Event 201 that was on exactly a year ago, uh, I think like two days ago, we're just at the, the anniversary where they're giving out plush coronavirus uh, toys and talking about what was going to go on. And uh, just, you know, magically, that's exactly what ended yeah, up happening. Yeah, it was like and it like that they were, yeah. It's very interesting how that works, wasn't it, Tim? Yeah, I accidentally <laughs> clicked clicked off of that. Uh, let's try to go. I'm trying to, uh, what just happened? It like moved off the one that I was on. It's your computer. It can't take a certain amount of evil. It just gotta. Yeah, there's only so much. Uh, there's only so much bullshit that uh, that I can, <laughs> I can handle before it just blows up. Okay, I found. I found it again. My bad. All right, here we go. Globally interdependent, and I think it's a wake-up call uh, to work in the future together uh, to address all the consequences and to create a reset in our economic, a social, order. ecological thinking. The new world order. Thank you very much. 
Uh, All right, thank you very much. Uh, and actually, you know, so we're gonna get off. How do I get off, out of here? Thank you, not so much, but anyways. yeah. Let's go back to where is it? The Great Reset. Yeah, and then you know, you go to, you go over here and, and you scroll down. I forgot where it was. There's something like, you know, they have all this stuff about you know how LGBTQ plus plus is gonna be so great for the new economy and how we have to have you know all this climate change nonsense going on. Where actually, actually uh, talking about that, Tim, I, there was a. Uh, a, a commercial on the t- <laughs> go, on TV yeah. just recently that I actually was watching that was, uh, you know, people of color, all this stuff that was called something, but they, they were only hiring those people and gay people and so on. Uh, but no white people, apparently. Uh, no white males are included. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. So here we are. Yeah, here we have it. Why being an LB, LG and there's nothing against gays, but the LGBT plus LA can transform the lives. So it's like they package yeah. all this stuff up in rainbow flags and they want Where's to use the Black P for Lives pedophile. Matter. I think they want it to be in there, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's eventually where they're going with but somewhere down here. Oh, yeah. And then, it, of course, you know, you got to have a mention about Bill Gates. You know what what COVID-19 can teach us about stopping climate change, according to Bill Gates, you know, the same Bill Gates that for years <laughs> has been over New Mexico has actually been having uh, this uh, geo uh, engineering program where they've been taking uh, aerosols and sp- blanketing New Mexico uh, with it. And I think the guy uh, is Keith uh, something, the uh, the scientist that was behind it. And you can find the article. Well, at least you used to be able to go on, you know, Google, well, which now you, you, nobody should be using Google. But, you know, they yeah. it's all open in your face. I mean, they have, you know, the former. Uh, F, uh, well, no, they uh, can see clouds like. Even if you were to just discard all of that, you know, all the conspiracies and everything and all the people talking about that, there's uh, corporations that actually does cloud seeding to make it rain and, and to manipulate the weather. So no matter if you believe it or not, there's corporations right now out there doing that. There's a corporation, there's a corporation called the Federal Reserve that's been, that's been making it rain. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually it's funny because my Trump money gun that I have over here for some reason, doesn't work anymore, even though I put new batteries in it. So it's funny that the Trump keep America. I guess again. no more stimulus, no more stimulus. Yeah, it's, there's that's, no more uh, stimulus. So you that's gotta, what you it's know, predicting. You've got to reelect. You got to reelect him <laughs> if you want to uh, get that new stimulus. But yeah, for those of you yeah. longtime listeners, we do have the you know the, the Trump out of the bills over there. But yeah, I mean, you have the former CIA director John Brennan, which at the time was the acting CIA director at the Council on Foreign Relations behind him, talking about the and he, of course he's like in his you know you know, sounding all prim and proper and uh, talking about, oh, according to uh, scientists, geostratospheric engineering, and it's, you know, all the counts and formulations. I'm sure you guys know all about that. I'd love to do a full show exposing what the CFR is uh, and how it's connected to, you know, Cecil Rhodes and Rhodes. Oh, they're connected everywhere, Tim. Like they're literally connected, you know, for example, the G30 group that I talk about a lot was started by David Rockefeller, by the way. And an associate, well, really an associate of it. So, like, it, it just shows you, like, how these guys, all these Club of Rome, everything that they started, are just groups everywhere in the world. Uh, that you know, these networks, like, little, uh, you know, it's actually uh, was Dan Dix. He has uh, uh, his name on fa- Facebook. Actually, on his Facebook page is actually Weaving Little Spider, uh, and that's what it is. You know, they're weaving all these networks around the world. 
Well, that's a uh, that's that a bohemian that's a bohemian yeah. grove reference where it's like yeah. weaving spiders make something something like on their on their like their <laughs> slogan or their, their tagline. So yeah. yeah, and that yeah we should you know maybe have like somebody like Richard Grove on to maybe you know he's probably one of the top yeah. experts on on that subject. So I'd love to have him. I want to give a shout out to people right now in the live chat. You know, see a lot of people from. Uh, who I'm assuming are from the, uh, and actually we did, we see Etienne de la Boussier squared. And uh, yeah, I'd love to have you on that show as well. We did give you a plug earlier talking about how we have that upcoming interview coming up. Uh, I see. Let's get him on. 100% Canadian Maple Leafs <laughs> uh, stir up NJ alpha dog change the news, which is, I, I believe is Zach. So, you know, thank you guys for, because I think you guys are all in the discord. And so right now, I mean, there's an article section within the discord. So everything John and I save on a daily basis goes over there. And very soon, all these shows are going to be on a Tim and John show.com where we're going to have all the links and everything. Uh, it's not up yet, but I'm thinking hopefully in the next like week and a half, two weeks that that will be up. And uh, yeah, so we, so yeah, John Brennan talking about chemtrails. Yeah, he's was there behind the council of formulations, breaking it all down. But yeah, let's go back to, uh, you know, let's go back to, you know, talking about, you know, Klaus and the great reset. I know, John, you've been doing some research on the central banks and how they've been expanding their balance sheets and you've been pulling yeah. together your own numbers. Do you want to, uh, are you ready to uh, to talk about that or to get into that right now? Yeah, anytime, whenever you want. So I, I could get into it actually right now. These numbers are just mind-boggling, to be honest with you, Tim. It's it's actually quite uh, scary uh, or, or what these numbers are telling me. You know, it just uh, uh, I I love Excel spreadsheets. Uh, you know, I'm a geek. We talked about that. You know, uh, Jeff Burks is like I, I I don't know why you like uh, spreadsheets, but you love it, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's you know really uh my my part where i really like it though the spreadsheets i, I put in all this data and all the spreadsheets i am going to visualize all this data in the next couple of weeks uh for you guys so you could actually see where we're at because the, the numbers are just mind-boggling tim uh where we're coming from where we're at and and all this stuff and just since 2019, for example, the global central bank in U.S. dollars, so this is U.S. dollar terms, uh, they actually have printed about, uh, what is it? Yeah, $12.6 trillion uh, of, new, uh, of new fiat that they, be, well, uh, that they gave to the banks that are sitting on the balance sheets of these uh, of the central banks right now in bank reserves for the uh, the commercial banks. So that's that's you know mind-boggling. But what we really should look at is actually the numbers from 2008. And so 2008 was the global financial crisis, and that's when it really started. That's when this whole collapse really started to become huge and, and very big. And it really started to take shape where the central banks started to go hardcore going in and manipulating and, and you know, buying up assets uh, or whatever kind they could find to, you know, save the markets. And, and so since 2008, for example, uh, till today, uh, the, the central banks, Tim, they've actually, like, this is, this is quite insane numbers, but uh, on an average, so I took 78 central banks around the world uh, that I have data on uh, from trading economics. I pulled all the data and uh, and I came to an average increase of the balance sheets of every central bank of the 78 uh, top central banks in the world of 573.49%, Tim. Uh, so what is that over? Uh, so we're 
how much now? 2008. So that's a 12 year time frame. So if you divide 12 by 573, how much is that, Tim? Can you do the math quickly? So uh, I'm just going to continue, but it's 573.49 to divide that by 12. Then we get like yearly kind of increase. But just to look at like the increase of certain central banks and what they've done here, Tim, uh, since 2008, actually uh, the United States is a lot higher than uh, the other, the average, they actually increased their balance sheet from about 800 uh, billion US dollars up to uh, 7.15. It was current. And when I checked it last, it's uh, it might be a little bit higher, uh, but that is about 893.93% increase uh, over 12 years. And if, I'm not wrong, Tim. It would be an average increase of almost uh, uh, somewhere between 75 and 80% every year. Am I right? Yes, I am. Uh, and, and that is pretty insane. <laughs> uh, that, is, that is utterly insane. Uh, there's a couple of banks, uh, central banks that are worse, of course. Uh, Argentina, you know, being at 20 uh, 2,373.28% increase since 2008. Uh, Chile is 1,000.54. Uh, let's see if we can find any other uh, pretty bad ones here. You know, it's funny how the... Well, actually, Russia is really... No, hold on. Russia... Okay, so yeah, there, there's a lot of central banks here. As I said, uh, you got um, Ghana... 2,244% increase. Uh, let's see if we can find any other ones that are pretty extreme. Uh, yeah, Russia is in totally insane. It's 9,998.82% increase in balance sheet. Uh, a lot of that is gold, actually, which is interesting, right? Like, Russia has uh, bought a crap ton of gold. Uh, you have Turkey has 948 percent 0.9 percent isn't that interesting the, the 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 one country that is one of the ones that are struggling the biggest with inflation right now is turkey and they have the uh, their balance sheet increased just just above the u.s balance sheet uh federal reserve balance sheet uh, since 2008 yeah all, the, uh, uh, all got... the food all the food price inflation with turkey but yeah. no, no just kidding but we see uh yeah. every time i hear turkey i'm reminded of hillary clinton when Rand Paul asked her about the secret weapons program uh, where weapons are being smuggled from Libya into Turkey. And she's yeah. like, Turkey, Turkey, like, like, like playing dumb, like the average American public doesn't know what, you know, Turkey's a country, which, you know, she's probably correct that the average person voting for her probably doesn't know that Turkey is a country. But I mean, this whole entire Great Reset is because they... The, the banks are screwed. The central banks are screwed. Yeah. Uh, all the people are screwed. There's no way to ever raise rates. They're completely stuck. You and I have yeah. been you know, talking about this since, you know, I don't know probably for over a decade. Oh, uh, my book so time in 2017, I wrote that, you know, I, I predicted negative interest rates, but then I said, you're going to see a lot more negative interest rates. And people just attacked me for that. Like I have it on the back cover on my book, if you don't believe me on Canada, greatest economy in the world, question mark. And it actually says that, you know, that we will see a lot more negative interest rates, but nobody was believing in that. You know, they thought that was utterly insane to actually believe that we would have more negative interest rates. People were like, well, interest rates are going to go up. It's like the same in 2015, my book, The, the End of Freedom, How Our Monetary System Enslaves Us. 
I wrote down there that, you know, interest rates, people believe that interest rates are going to go up. I believe they're going to come down. Uh, and of course they went up a little bit, but they came pretty fast down again. <laughs> to basically yeah, I, mean, I remember in 2011, yes. I sent a client an email right around the time that the uh, USA's debt, you know, was downgraded by I think yeah. probably Moody's or something like August yeah. 3rd, 2011. I sent the client an email saying, listen, there's no way for the Fed to effectively raise rates. Like, yeah, they could have a couple token raises, but as soon as they do that, they're going to implode everything and they're going to have to cut back. There's no way they can stop this. And I actually got in trouble for sending out that email because the compliance picked it up. They're like, oh, you're not allowed to prognosticate and what's going on. I'm like, well, then what good is a financial advisor if they're not allowed <laughs> to prognosticate and what's going on? It's just absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, maybe we should probably... Uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to maybe get into what Bretton Woods is? Because you know, we did title this, you know, a new Bretton Woods. But, you know, that was that goes back to uh, was it 1971 when Nixon got off the uh, well, actually, I mean, it goes back to, you know, 1944. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if we officially, you know, got off that gold standard in uh, August, uh, was it August 15th, 1971, when Nixon got us off the gold standard. And, uh, and here we are, well, my, you know, I was born on the same birthday as Nixon. So maybe I was also, and also interesting enough, Bitcoin software client was released on Nixon's birthday as well. So it's funny how you know, you've got like, you know, a freedom fighter myself, and then you've got, you know, Bitcoin coming out, which is the ultimate, uh, you know, destroyer, uh, you know, and we just, uh, you know, recently I was at uh, meteor crater in Arizona, which is supposedly the largest, uh, you know, crater on earth, uh, above, above water that is. And, uh, you know, and it's sort of like, you know, basically that meteor is Bitcoin and that's going to you know, be what wipes out all the dinosaur currencies eventually on a long enough time horizon. Uh, but it's just funny and how, how my birthday and actually Zero Hedge was also released on that. The first blog post was on that day as well. So it's funny that you have Zero Hedge, Bitcoin and then Nixon, who got us off the gold standard all in that same uh, day. Yeah, but enough enough talk about myself. But yeah, but yeah, but yeah but your Woods, conspiracy theory. That's what you are. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, I'm uh, really yeah. Q. So uh, yeah. yeah, that that's why. No. <laughs> well, there he came. He finally came out. I, I knew. Yeah, that I don't know, were, but actually, uh, I'm, I'm not Q. So I'm, I'm, but I'm saying that to maybe because it's all a big ruse. But I wish I went to Bretton Woods when I was in New Hampshire because I was up there for Pork Fest. Uh, wasn't I wasn't thinking, so I should have I should have went over there while I was in while I was in the state. But uh, when I was in the state, also Ghislaine Maxwell. And yeah, I know I'm mispronouncing her name because she doesn't uh, deserve to have her name pronounced correctly. Uh, you know, she got wrapped up when I was over there as well. So that's that's sort of funny. But yeah, I mean, it's Bretton Woods was the big meeting where all the you know the globalists you know got together in in, the, in 1944 to basically reset the monetary system where they made the dollar the world reserve currency. And now they're calling to for a new Bretton Woods to uh you know effectively basically create some sort of central bank digital dollar that would probably be housed either at the imf actually uh I, yeah actually what was interesting because you're talking about the imf tim it says there that actually um uh, it it also gave the ability for the international monetary fund to bridge temporarily imbalances of payments so actually uh, the reason why the International Monetary Fund and Gorgieva, I think her name is, was calling out for Bretton Woods is because they know that uh, if they could do it, you know, it's it's the uh, James Rickards uh, IMF uh, lender of last resort. I don't know if you read too much into that, but he he predicts that, you know, that the IMF would actually just fund everybody with SDRs. And then, uh, you know, buy up all the assets of the central banks when they have, you know, bought up all the assets. 
So they believe that, you know, the Bretton Woods that she's talking about is actually the end game where, you know, the IMF will actually own everything, uh, own uh, all the assets on earth by, you know, basically bailing out all the central banks and buying their toxic assets and putting it onto their balance sheets. And this is something that, you know, they act like it's new. They act like this and like they haven't been playing this forever, but this has been the game plan all along. I mean, Jibber Griffin was exposing it in Creature from Jekyll Island. And now they're like, they're just trying to repackage this old idea as a new idea because, oh, look at this, you know, coronavirus that we could have never predicted, even though we had an event 201 that, you know, predicted it. And then we funded the Wuhan lab for $3.5 million and and the exact same thing that we were funding. Don't talk about this. Uh oh, we're secret. Gonna, yeah, I don't want to have. Uh, yeah, I guess we shouldn't have this channel. <laughs> no, just, I, guess we, I guess we don't want to have this channel get deleted. But yeah, yeah I mean, they're just repackaging all the same old yeah. stuff. I mean, James Corbett did a great job breaking that down on his yeah. on, on his channel, which I'm I'm shocked that he's still up. I mean, if there's anybody that's you know putting daggers into the new world order, it's well, I, James I, th- I think that I think the problem is with like when I really go and look at channels that are still up, it's the people that actually only use facts. Like there's no even assumptions that are made usually in in a lot of the people's uh, videos. Like that's who I see is left now. Is that I mean, Del Bigtree will have can. things where he's got he's got yeah. the exact statements, exact oh, yeah, true, yeah. and they'll yeah, fact check true. him even though he's got the exact video, and they'll say that that's not the case or something. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to tell, but it's it's interesting. It seems like the the people that are left now is the most articulate ones, probably. I don't know. Uh, well, Del Baker really was though, but James uh, Corbett, of course, he's like a freaking genius when it comes to uh, doing research and and really deep research into a lot of these uh, programs that are going on and and everything because. If you really go and actually look at documents, and this has been my point ever since I started to do videos with Josh, is whenever I do videos, I am not going to say anything that I can't prove. Um, so basically, when you when you do say stuff, I actually can back it up. It's all out there. It's all in the open. It's actually available for every single person to be able to see those documents or the data available that I'm talking about. And I think that's, you know, what will uh, make people like James Corbett and others really successful is actually just proving people wrong with just pure facts. I know that they're trying to censor it, but if you have pure facts on your side, it's almost impossible to debunk you. Uh, They could try whatever they can, but it's extremely like, I can see how they could try to debunk, you know, uh, they'll big true with, you know, the, the whole aluminum thing and all that stuff. Uh, I see how they can get, get after him on, on, on certain things, but with like certain aspects of uh, the monetary and economic stuff and what uh, James Corbett does, like it's irrefutable. It's out there. He is actually reading word by word from documents that have been created by the elite or by, you know, whatever organization that is talking about. So it's, it, you know, it's, it's really funny how, uh, how they're trying to conspiracy, uh, make it a conspiracy theory, but when it's actually out there in documents from the own agencies themselves and from the, their own people like Charles Schwab coming out there and actually calling for what we've been warning about for you know almost a decade now, Tim, uh, it's interesting to see like how they actually 
like everything that you know we've been talking about and and we don't really well we do actually conspiracy theorize some stuff of course but well yeah we, uh, but we say, but we, say to, we yeah. are and it's funny all this talk of klaus schaub now i'm getting actually advertisements for charles schwab i'm at <laughs> my computer right now they've heard me talk about klaus schwab and probably think i was talking about charles schwab so it's sort yeah. of uh, sort of funny <laughs> but uh but yeah one more thing i definitely wanted to make sure that we address and this was sort of like a red alert when i when i saw this and this could probably you know warrant being like its own video how crazy this is not that it's like that shocking to anyone that listens to us but china hands out 1.5 million of its digital currency in one of the country's biggest tests so what they did was they uh i think they had like fifty thousand people who uh were yeah, they created a lottery and they said yeah, they like, created a lottery yeah and they said like we don't know who won so that's a way to actually get everybody to start downloading it right and then whoever were lucky got the money, got the yen. Digital well, yeah, yen two, in phone. one city, in, yeah. in Shenzhen, it was obviously a huge city, but they had 2 million people who downloaded this app. So now they're yeah. gamifying your own mm-hmm. enslavement. And so, you know, you have 2 million people willingly go and get and get on, get the app. And then, smart. You know, they free money. 30 bucks. Yeah. And what an ingenious little, little idea, trinkets. actually. It was a very ingenious idea, Tim. It's very smart of the Chinese central bank to do it that way. Like, I think the if they were going to lure the sheep in <laughs> over here, they're going to make a competition out of it. You know, we, we, we don't know who's going to get the free money, but somebody will. And it's also <laughs> sort of like what the Brookings Institute was proposing uh, for how they were going to get everyone to take the vaccine. So what their proposal was, was, okay, we give everybody, you know, a thousand bucks, but yeah. right, out of the, right out of the gates, we'll give you $200. And so if you have a family of five, uh, you know, we'll give you a thousand bucks, but if you want to get the rest of the, you know, other $4,000, you ha- we're not going to give it out until 80% of the entire, you know, USSA uh, has the vaccine. So then they're, what they're going to do is they're going to then, you know, have everybody be like little snitches and then trying to yeah. you know, rat out your neighbors and then trying to socially, you know, get your neighbors to do this. Cause if you're the guy that doesn't have or the girl, or the family that doesn't have the vaccine, yeah, you're you- like, you're stealing my $4,000. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it's going to be. And I already, I mean, yeah. it's just, I mean, even today I had a lady on the tennis court, the same lady that always gives me crap that I right, here I am like as soon as I'm about to leave I have like my bag on I'm like she could have just held her breath for another 20 seconds and she has to go oh and meanwhile she's got a British accent which makes it pisses me off even more and so she's like oh dear it just really pisses me off when I hear people who say that the virus isn't real and they uh, aren't wearing masks she's like I just want to go take them and strangle them and bash their head in and I'm like well I'm like, well, I, and I'm like, well, I don't violent. wear a mask. I'm like, well, I don't wear a mask. And I just went, you know, was at a conference with 600 people where all of us weren't wearing masks. And, uh, and I actually, according to Koch's postulate, there actually hasn't been any proof that, that this virus has actually never been actually isolated and had taken gene sequencing from other uh, illnesses and put it into it. So that way there's lots of things that actually test positive for PCR. And the guy who created the PCR That's test even said that. She's like, well, I know I've talked with doctors. And I'm like, well, you know, I interviewed Dr. Andrew Kaufman. And she's like, oh, you saw him on TV? I'm like, no, I drove to Ethan, Georgia and back. Uh, and I interviewed him there. And I've interviewed Dr. Judy Mikovits, who's one of the top virologists who exposed Fauci back in the 80s, which that interview is only yeah. on uh, library.tv. Uh, that was actually the interview that basically, uh, you know, sort of severed the uh, friendship between uh, Luke Radowski and I, because uh, he wanted to censor me on that one. So if you guys want to want to see the interview that, you know, that we I guess that's still, why it's still on YouTube. Luke, yeah, and he's that's still why we're on YouTube, buddy. I guess, we're, I guess we're still on YouTube too. But I, I also I went through yeah. and I took 
I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but I took down about half the videos, uh, either took them down and deleted them completely, which was maybe like 20%. And then yeah, the other... you know, and we know what we're talking about too. Like it's, it's the controversial videos where we talk about things. The good stuff. <laughs> no, the good like stuff. Now I did. <laughs> now I did do, now I did do, uh, or did leave up, you know, the Geo Griffin one because, you know, maybe the uh, people over at YouTube don't necessarily know who that is, but uh, you know, I'm sure that we're not really long for this, but I also, I never monetized this channel, even though it currently is eligible to be monetized. So maybe that stuck under, you know, we're only at, you know, 2,500 people. So they probably don't really care and they don't want to make me any bigger by, you know, exposing that I got kicked off or something. So, yeah. uh, but anyways, you know, it's, it's just, you know, you and I spitting truth all the time, but you know, what they're doing in China though, it is, you know, they've got the smartest people in the world trying to figure out how to, you know, incentivize people to get the vaccine, incentivize people to, you know, take the mark of the beast digital currency. And then now I, I think I saw even in Australia there, uh, I don't have an, an article pulled up on this, but in Australia, they, instead of having, you know, when you fly internationally and you got to fill out a little, you know, a little piece of paper, a little form when you, when you land, well, now they're getting rid of that and they're doing like a smartphone, like they're using like an app on your smartphone to do this. I'm, I'm literally at the next point where next time, uh, you know, I'm up for a new phone. I'm just going to go and probably get like a flip phone and maybe get some sort of like, uh, you know, not that like Starlink is that great either, but, you know, be out in the woods, get Starlink, which I'm sure they'll use to track me, but then only use signal. And I'm just like, I'm at the point where I'm just saying, I'll just say big bucket and just getting rid of my yeah, well, the, cell phone the, to track me. The, the thing is there, you know, I'm telecom Tim and uh, what, what I would like to see is, you know, uh, how about we all like our, uh, our people are coming together and launch our own satellite. Uh, link up. Well, that's there. what Colin is talking about. I mean, that's yeah. where Colin Cantrell of Nexus, where they wanted to create this own mesh network, and people would have different nodes, and then those nodes would then, you know, receive currency in the form of, you know, uh, Nexus tokens to, you know, run the help run the network, and then yeah, you I, I have see, a yeah. whole mesh network. Yeah, no, mesh networks are actually uh, that's what we are succeeding on now here in Manitoba, where I'm at, because we do a lot of wireless networking. Uh, here because it's massive massive flat distances so you need a lot of antennas everywhere uh, the thing with mesh networks so what it is it's basically decentralized networks that have tons of nodes in it but what what happens if one node goes down they're close enough that they'll actually reroute the traffic around and and onto the person still that so usually it will be available for people Instead of that, you actually, you know, one big cell phone antenna goes down and then, you know, all the people around it will actually lose the connection to it. So it's really, really smart a way to go. And I think that's that might be the future, Tim, uh, for things. But for longer distances of communication, it's, it's a lot harder. So that way you need that satellite up in the air, in my point of view, uh, for, you know, the Liberty community that we have a... Uh, decentralized satellite up there that we could actually download uh, our information from. But now, of course, you got Space Force up there. You know, they even uh, recently was, they actually launched a, a missile, a projectile from a satellite in a test exercise just recently. Uh, Space Force. <laughs> well, it's a, defense, it's a yeah. defense one. So as long as you're yeah. pointing a defense missile at somebody, yeah. Uh, actually, I do have a gun right over here, but so I'm not going to point it because I'm sure YouTube would take me down in case someone were to break in right now. But yeah. uh, it's just it's just so funny that you know if you, oh you know we have you know we only have defense missiles pointed at Russia. It's like oh I have a defense AR-15 pointed at your face. You know it's for defense. So you know as long as they say it's for defense and that's like their you know get out of jail free yeah. card because the average American's not you know uh, can't put two and two together that you know put, pointing a weapon a nuclear weapon 
at another country is a, you know pretty much like an act of war uh, and about yeah. pretty much the most egregious act of war that you can possibly get at. And I did see, you know, the military was also contracting out and buying some of the Starlink satellites. I think it's somewhere like they have like somewhere like 700 satellites up up now. They want to get 10,000. And then it gets to, uh, you know, are we even going to be able to, be able to see the stars? Because now we have, you know, all these satellites up there. And uh, but, you know, I am looking forward to being able to, uh, you know, eventually, you know, hopefully, you know, being, you know, more be able to do things like going off grid or going to, you know, traveling across country now that, you know, pretty much we can't fly unless we want to wear a mask that, uh, you know, being able to have internet will be pretty nice. Just, you know, what do we have to give up? How much are they going to be involved with the government, which is probably a lot. And, uh, you know, it's just always a mixed bag with everything, but I'm uh, seriously at the point where I just want to give up the smartphone and let's just remind ourselves the smart, the smartphone, it's an Android, Android processor is called Adreno. The, uh, you know, Android phones, the standard browser is Chrome. There's Adreno Chrome. I mean, they throw all this stuff in your face. I mean, then Google was started, which then owns YouTube was, you know, started by NQTEL, which was the CIA's venture capital firm. And, you know, it's old news at this point to a lot of people, but it's just a lot of people still don't know this stuff. And, you know, while we're yeah. still on YouTube, might as well, you know, expose some more of the truth. Yeah. And, and if you don't understand, like, if you don't believe that Inkutel is that, you know, that uh, secret, you know, venture capitalist fund that the CIA is using, just uh, go and read like, uh, go to their in, website. Like, four or five. Well, yeah. And it's four or five of the books of James Rickard. She talks about it in every book that he writes about Inkutel. And you know how great they are at, uh, you know, uh, getting involved in a venture capitalist, uh, system to actually especially on technology technological side you know go in there and fund initially uh you know these companies that because they know that the technology on the long scale long term of things will you know highly, Dude, highly and let's just check out let's just check out their own fucking website right now uh yeah. and you know what, don't excuse my language because if you're upset about this you should be more upset about everything else that's going on and you know not really i don't really care but so here we go with ink you tell this is you know, from their Wikipedia page, Incutel, formerly, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Peleus, and Incutel is an American non-for-profit venture capital firm based in Arlington, Virginia. It invests in high-tech companies for the sole purpose of keeping the Central Intelligence Agency and other <laughs> intelligence agencies equipped with the latest information technology and supporting the United States intelligence capability. And they are the ones who founded fucking Google. So, uh, you know, and don't be evil and you know and now they did everything yeah. where you know and then the thing is they can then see where movements are going and then you know make a micro adjustment where they see you know black lives matters rising up they can see you know like a tea party rising up they can see you know blue mm -hmm. lives matter and then they take all these groups and make them fight against each other while they're sitting on top and like another james bond villain it's like watching like all the piranhas like eating each other and then you got the other prana that's just sitting off there in the side. And as these pranas, you know, one of them's dead, the other one's weakened. And you've got the, you know, the globalist being the prana that's just waiting there coming in for the final kill shot. And that's why, you know, when there is, you know, and I'm not calling for it, but, you know, in case you want to say I'm promoting violence, which is how they, you know, they took Josh down saying that this conspiracy hateful talk, you know, we're trying to stop the violence. And so, you know, but I'm not going to fight in this new civil war because you got two crappy ideas on both yeah. sides of this and neither one of them you know basically are you know get it and so and i'm not gonna go kill myself in order yeah. to you know you know fight for the you know two bad ideas because yeah. both are sitting on top like that piranha that's going to come in at the end for the kill shot and the ultimate kill shot is getting us on a central bank digital currency but oh according to jerome powell 
don't worry because this doesn't mean we're going to phase out cash, even though actively right now, you know, you go to the store and it says, oh, there's big coin shortages because of the Federal Reserve, you know, bullshit, you know, and, and because well, of the actually, virus. Yeah. Actually about that, you know, they, they talked about to just demonetize the highest denominated notes for now. And then still leave, you know, the small currency, like the small coinage and one or two notes, like the $1 and $5 left probably. Uh, but th- at that point, it's like, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> the money, are you going to have like extreme amount of, uh, you know, uh, stash of $1 bills that you're going to yeah, walk how are around? The, how are all the bank, how are all the Wall Street bankers supposed to do their Coke with only $1 bills? I mean, so, I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's not as cool as a $100 bill. They look, <laughs> they look like really cheap and then they lose their business uh, from other people because they look cheap. Uh, uh cheap as well but it's uh you know it's it's really interesting how all these organizations are are so interconnected and they're they're always communicating they're always on top of the ball uh what's interesting though is that you know it's so easy for people uh, from my point of view tim here in canada as well to take a political side of things and at that point you're actually part of the game you're playing the game you're in there you know enticing the civil war and I, I said that the union of the unwanted last time, Tim, I said that we're, we're basically setting ourselves up for in the United States election I was talking about for uh, where they really want an, uh, what do you call it, the contested election result. Uh, so they got to have to bring that on and on and on and on. And nobody would know until January. When is it that the president gets inaugurated? Is it in January or February? Well, it's usually uh, like January, I believe it was like January 21st, it's either January 20th or 21st, because I was actually thinking of like just as a a basically running to tell everybody not to vote uh, for the Libertarian Party, because I would technically be 35 like a few days before that. So like just as like a gag, I'd be like the youngest basically you could possibly be to be president. But, you know, I would run on a platform of it's all bullshit and I'm not going to do anything. And this whole thing, hey, you know, the even the Libertarian Party is a scam right now. Like, what, what is it? Joe Johnson? Well, what is her name? Joe, Joe Jorgensen. And she's, you know, someone yeah. that's like, oh, let's just, you know, trim she, for the CIA. Here. she was saying, you know, oh, Google is not really that bad just the other day. And it, all social justice warrior bull crap constantly uh but you know it's what just a, i'm, I'm back to incutel yeah. so i'm looking yeah, at the incutel like little blurb right now and it says uh you know they're they're discussing the power of the company's platform to understand patterns and movement and the spread of COVID 19 and its use in contact tracing and hotspot analysis so great we're gonna have incutel you rolling out contact tracing uh and everything mm-hmm. else and it's just and the thing is it's on their own website like this it's on well, well you know it's really website. funny about the the whole contact tracing too like recently i bought my iphone 11 now i got the iphone 11 pro unfortunately that one has the covid app in it which i have uh you know the, not made available to contact trace but that doesn't mean necessarily that i trust that it doesn't do it um but anyways in that, like, as soon as I got the Rogers, uh, like Karen Canada, it's the provider, uh, it sent me a text like the day after to download the, uh, you know, the national COVID app that the, the federal government has come out with. Uh, and it's been all over media, everywhere. Everybody's talking about download, download, download. And I, I think I actually posted, uh, there was somebody else that posted it that I stole it from, but you know, and it was basically a skeleton sitting there uh, in a chair and it said like, uh, yeah, this is me uh, the time I will actually download the uh, the COVID uh, tracing app. 
and, and that should be everybody else too. Like if if any of you have been stupid enough to actually download the the COVID tracing app, I I would seriously seriously start to question myself as a human being. Uh, to be honest with you, if you actually download something like that, that's blatantly is like tracing you everywhere you go and uh, and trudeau came out here in canada and said like oh no worries because uh, you know it's totally private and we are not going to use your data at all and when somebody high up in the government says that you know it's usually the total opposite that's true uh, about it of course so yeah i you know people that you know believe that these tracing apps that they can actually download them and that that it's safe and that it's private and secure uh, it's pretty laughable to me, Tim. It's uh, it, it's almost like they're just mocking us, basically, and and saying that we're uh, just stupid people. But you know, a lot of people are stupid. It's uh, uh, here in Manitoba as well. People are stupid. You know, it's really funny. I, I today I went into like a superstar brand store here in Canada, and uh, they have mandatory masking in there. But I walk in there, like I, I have my mask in my pocket because I never know when some asshole will start harassing me. Uh, and I walk in there, and then yeah, I, see, I went like, the entire I went the entire way to Georgia and back, not even carrying a mask, not even yeah. having a mask, and yeah. had security call had to do with all sorts of bullshit for not having it. But you know, made a stand. If more people just do it, then this would all yeah. be over. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, it was, and it was interesting because up here I'm in Swan River, Manitoba, right now. And it was probably like 40% of the people in a store that says it's mandatory masks that didn't have masks. So at least there's people on their, in the rural communities that are not caring. But it's interesting, you know, there was a recent leak and somebody posted it on our website, uh, no, on our Discord channel uh, about, uh, it was about, uh, can you pull that up, Tim? If, see, like it's a little bit further back. It was a leak, a supposed leaked document from, uh, the liberal government uh, here, here in Canada, and there was an MP or somebody that have leaked it on uh, onto the public and shared it, um, and it was um, it was basically an email. I kind of warned about uh, all the different uh, things that they have in plans um, for for us, and um, I don't know if you can find it there, Tim. Uh, is but it, it was, Trudeau's uh, leaked info, Trudeau's crazy COVID-21, 2021? Yes, yes. Uh, that is. Can you just uh, like pull that up and, and go yeah, through it a second. little bit? Because, you know, I, I would like to uh, have some comments on that, Tim, because I wouldn't dis- discount that from being a part of a truth. Uh, like, I think it might be false, but... Do we know if this is real? So this is like sort of speculation. This is speculations for sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, the problem is I wouldn't put this past, you know, Trudeau at all or, or any of the, the people that are currently in leadership here in Canada uh, that they would actually, you know, uh, believe in this. You could see that it's sent from a Proton Mail, which is actually a good mail server that people uh, should use if they want more privacy. Uh, but as you can see here, they're talking about, you know, uh, you know, having this whole lockdown, keeping on going. Uh, and, you know, uh, by December, they're saying that they will have some severe lockdowns, um, which is interesting. We're actually in, in Winnipeg in the metro rail. And we started not to call it metro rail, everything around Winnipeg now. Never was called it before, but that's totally like Agenda 2030. Um, they're saying that that area is now going into 
a red, uh, well, close to a red lockdown now. Uh, and it seems like it's just getting worse and worse. Like all the time, like everybody's masking up in Winnipeg now, but they're still like saying that, oh, people aren't complying, people aren't complying. But then it's mandatory masks everywhere. So you get harassed to death if you actually don't wear a mask. But then there's like skyrocketing cases, like after that, this happened like three weeks after they had mandatory masks and suddenly skyrocketing in cases. And people are like, oh, people are not following the rules, but you have mandatory masks. So I'm pretty sure that the majority of people are actually following those rules. Uh, at least when I'm out and about, like I don't see anybody in Winnipeg that's not wearing a mask. So I don't know why these uh, cases are skyrocketing. Well, I think Tim. it also has to do. It also has to do with you know whether people are in rural areas or not. So you know what, the more rural the area is, you know the more likely you know people aren't going to be wearing masks or not. You know busting your balls for not wearing one. Uh, whereas in the big cities, I mean, you go to a place like Boston or New Orleans or uh, and these are all places I've been to or New York City or basically any city. And even, even around me, like almost everyone uh, at the grocery store. I saw one guy today at the grocery store that wasn't wearing a mask besides myself, which, you know, that's usually one more than I usually see. But, you know, I, I decided to I decided to even one up it that I was walking in open carrying with a gun while not wearing a mask. So, you know, I just got to step it up a little bit. And uh, well, I guess they don't want to mess with you then. So, well, they weren't messing with me anyways. But, you know, guess who else doesn't wear a mask? I mean, Dr. Ron Paul, who's on my shirt over here. Yeah, he doesn't right, wear a Griffin. Mask. You know, Jim Griffin, 89 years yes. old. He's not wearing a mask. And, and has there been any reports of any like super spreader, everyone getting sick from red pill with six and mainly it was like 60 year old white guys at this event. So, I mean, I was, yeah. you know, certainly in the minority for being, you know, under 40. So, uh, it, you know, so if anything, it was, you know, you know, if for the people that, you know, should be you know, susceptible, you know, supposedly it should be, you know, the older the older crowd. And from what I've seen, I don't know a single person or haven't heard of a single person. Uh, last time I checked, your Griffin's still doing pretty well right now. So uh, yeah, I'm actually going to call him now. And uh, we're actually trying to get him on the, uh, the unwanted, uh, what is it called again? Uh, the union of the unwanted. Uh, and I heard some rumors that might, uh, we might actually have Alex Jones on there too, which is pretty insane. <laughs> if you could get Alex Jones and Ed Griffin, <laughs> Man, can you imagine if it was like if it was like us you know sam tripoli we got you know, you know ricky charlie yeah. you know alex jones uh i mean and hopefully hopefully you know maybe josh will wake up at uh at four in the morning or or, or not go to bed from the night before yeah. to maybe partake in that one and now i was on my way to the georgia guidestones so i was you know uh, a little upset that i missed that one because i wanted to talk to greg palace except i didn't realize that greg palace turned into complete trump derangement oh he Oh yeah, uh, he's like heavy, heavy. Uh, like I don't know. You did you see that whole thing or? Yeah, well, I had, dude, I had, I had yeah, five thousand. I had five thousand miles to drive, so I had, I had. Yeah, and to, did you did you actually see me like how I confronted him on the voting, like the people that are not voting? But he said that oh no, eighty five percent. He was talking about yeah. percentage of registered voters, but you're talking yeah. about people that didn't even bother to register yeah. to vote. So he yeah. using little semantics and like. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's very interesting how that works. And of course it's, uh, you know, uh, he is, you know, he used to be like, where, like he's done a lot of good things though. Uh, he used to be a, a writer for the guardian, if I'm not mistaken, Tim, right back in the day. And, uh, but he's totally like, it's so interesting, you know, to, what I, what I watched and, and especially in media and, uh, like North American media, it was like a, uh, total divide. That suddenly happened right at when Trump got inaugurated to, 
and it was like completely and utterly, uh, you know, like you were either left or right. Didn't matter. There was extremely few that I found that I actually not left or right him at the time. And I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Like, why, why did that really happen? Like, it was just like such an instant that you had that pull the vibe right away. I mean, it, it kind of comes down to, you know, I guess who you're around and if you watch the news or not. So if you watch the news and everything is Trump, you know, orange man bad, which, you know, I don't know why they're allowed to call him an orange man because, you know, uh, Syracuse University had to get rid of their team name called the orange man because that was racist. But now, you know, they're allowed to call him the orange man, which actually coincidentally enough, Joe Biden went to Syracuse. So, you know, so so there, there he was. So, so Joe Biden is an orange was an orange man. Uh, and then, then, you know, he said that he finished at the top of his class and he finished like 76 on 83rd and said he finished with three degrees, graduated with one. So he had a full ride. He didn't have a full ride. Uh, and he's like, oh, well, you know, I just, you know, I just misremembered uh, a whole lot of stuff. But let's go over you know, a few other uh, before we round yeah. this out, because I am getting a little tired and still trying to catch up on all the sleep from, uh, you know, all the driving and everything else we did. But yeah, I was I was up at like 6 a.m. this morning uh, doing videos with Josh. So. Yeah. So we got uh, millennials own less than 5% of all U.S. wealth. And so, you know, obviously, you know, that's where a lot of the you know anger is being fermented because, yeah. you know, all the money's basically stuck at the top. Speaking at the top, we got the Pope just called private property a secondary right. He couldn't be more wrong. And so, uh, you know, I forgot who it was that the president was. It, I don't know if it was uh, Venezuela or something where they. Gave no, Bolivia, uh, Bolivia. I, yeah. oh. I, I have his name on the tongue, but I don't remember it now. Let me let me just find uh, it. Yeah, find the find the current president of Bolivia. Oh, oh Evo Morales. I'm trying to find the was photo. Was it Evo Morales? I think yeah, it was. Evo. It was. Yep, yeah, it was. Yeah, he so gave me uh, a yeah, hammer and sickle, and, and there's actually a picture of that you could probably. Well, show I'm gonna, you know, well. I've got it. I've got it up right now. Let me. Yeah. Uh, trying to go to it. Here we go. So here's the Pope. With the hammer and sickle cross, and yeah, here <laughs> he is smiling. I mean, the dude's a Jesuit. You're not even supposed to be a Jesuit yeah. and be the Pope. I mean, I don't know how much you know credence I put into this, but you know, the Pope's not even. Uh, you know, they they still have the other Pope. So I, I think this guy, like, if there was an Antichrist, that this guy could be like the closest thing to it. And uh, yeah. before anyone gets their panties in a bunch, I was actually raised Catholic and left the Catholic church. So, you know, if there's anyone that can bash on Catholics and it's not to say the average Catholic or my family members or anybody else are bad people. They're all, you know, indoctrinated and wrapped up in all this crap like everybody else. But, you know, at the very top, I mean, how fitting is it for the Pope of all people to say, well, you know, how about the Pope gets, how about they get rid of all their private property? How about they, you know, give up the troves information? They well, actually, oh, right, so this is interesting, Tim, talking about the, the Vatican and the private property. They actually had to give up their property back in the six, what's no 1700s i believe uh when uh john law actually helped confiscate uh, the the private property of the vatican and use it as backing for the livre at the time uh so they actually <laughs> they actually had to give up their their property and it was used as backing for a currency back in the day tim which is quite quite interesting isn't it uh it was a real estate based type of system that utterly failed of course uh, with uh, with John Law and uh, it, you know it's it's interesting they they actually had their private property confiscated at at one time the the Vatican. Yeah, well, I guess it couldn't happen to a nicer group of people. Then we here have uh, round in the south our central bank coins the end of financial privacy. You know we've already talked a lot about that. I think we you know ten thousand percent yes. Yeah, uh, that's I think that's all we need to say. Like yeah, we, that's we've been elaborating on that for. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you and I have done countless shows yeah. on that and brought that up. Yeah. Uh, why every U.S. congressman just got sent some American Bitcoin? So at one of the American mining pools using good old American hash power sent every member of Congress 50 bucks. So let's see if they're smart enough to keep that. And speaking of Bitcoin, let me refresh my computer. We are on the march to 12. Oh, we are. We've crossed 12,000. We were under 12 oh, when wow. we started. So that's very exciting that we're at 12,000. And this is good. This is good. I, I, I'm potentially getting paid in some Litecoin very soon. Uh, so this is very good because when Bitcoin goes up, you know, keep on ripping. As you can oh, see, for, there's except, red except, for, except Bitcoin went up five and Litecoin went down five. So but, no, no, oh. but this is the, this is the thing though. Like uh, at, right now, you know, that you have the uh, uh, Bitcoin is going up, you know, in the dominance, Bitcoin dominance as well. But then suddenly you have a massive Alcon rally. So that's what I'm waiting for. That's what we're talking about there. Uh, What's crazy the that, so it's yeah. crazy. There's a sea of red of like every single thing. I mean, not every single thing. No, no, thing, it's, that's, that's what happens 90% of the time. Very much so, Tim, that you have Bitcoin just skyrocketing. Everybody's piling into Bitcoin. But then uh, you will get the alt rally coming after that, Tim. So just just wait and see. You'll, you'll see like it, it's happened so many times. Uh, I do not actually to to tell people I do not actually have a majority of Bitcoin. I have only twenty five percent of my portfolio is in Bitcoin. By the way, uh, I have twenty five in Bitcoin Cash. I have uh, Litecoin. I have not uh, that, Monero, not Ethereum. Advice. Yeah, this is just my own portfolio, uh, and so I have that. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm not one hundred percent in on Bitcoin because I have seen centralizations that have happened, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, it's, a, but it's interesting. I, I think, uh, you know, and, and this is, uh, Ra, we should have tried to get Raul Paul on as well. I know he's getting uh, harder and harder to get because he's building, um, he's building real vision into a real powerhouse now. That's um, Raul, that's Raul yeah. Paul, not Ron Paul, not RuPaul, not Rand yeah. Paul. Raul, yeah, Raul Paul, yeah. Yeah, the and uh, R A O always R A O L Paul. Yeah, but what's interesting though, Tim, is that he's actually calling uh, for you know the the treasuries of corporations and eventually Bitcoin. Uh, well, I called it back in two thousand and eight that central banks would start potentially like this year or next year to implement uh, Bitcoin as a, a, a strategic reserve. But now you're seeing corporations are doing it, Tim. And I think this is going to be just a bigger and bigger stride, you know, uh, stride forward. You're going to see a lot of investment companies now starting to pop. Because I heard there was uh, something about custody uh, being set up for uh, investment corporations that do actually be able to hold custody for people in, in, in crypto, right? So... Yeah, I mean, I that's, think, that's starting yes. and that'll be a game changer once that yeah. comes out. And uh, just so you guys know, I see people in the comments who are saying that uh, they're wondering what happened to the Mel Krell interview. Well, you know, with Mel Krell, I mean, we were talking about the Pacer family, the people that run the world, the Illuminati, all sorts of shit that they don't want you talking about on YouTube. So <laughs> if you want to get that, you've got to go to library.tv, lbry.tv forward slash at the Liberty Advisor. Or you can do it on Odyssey, which is the uh, the app that is the first app for library. Uh, pretty soon it'll be on BitChute. Also on Podbean, you can listen to that interview as well. A lot of the juicy stuff, uh, you know, is on. I mean, we unfortunately this is the state of affairs. Uh, this episode will probably keep up because we didn't. Yeah, you know, I guess we did talk about stuff and use some language. So who knows? Maybe this will get. You know, and probably I'll just keep yeah. these on for 
like four or five days. And then once it gets uploaded to library, which is usually like 10, 20 minutes after we air this, uh, you know, it will be on library. So, you know, I, just to, you know, make sure we've got some reach. I'll probably a lot of these episodes, I'll, I'll just delete them. Or as I have new shows coming out, just give like a five minute little overview and say, Hey, watch us over there as a reminder. Cause I know people just human nature, even myself, they don't do things, you know, necessity is the mother of all innovation or all invention. So, you know, I've actually gotten into the habit now of, you know, finding my favorite people on library. And if they're not on library, just tell them how easy it is. Like literally you click a button and you can get all your stuff synced over there. It's super easy. Unlike BitChute, which is, you know, an absolute nightmare uh, for our content creators. But, <laughs> uh, but with, but with library, I mean, you can go and you get a little email. So, you know, if, uh, you know, every time Josh, yeah, I do actually, him, yeah, know, it's Jelante, really good. Yeah. James Corbett, really- uh, you know, like Ivan on tech, I'm following him over there. And so, I mean, a lot of good, like Tim pool, I know is over there. I don't listen to him, but I know that a lot of people do. Uh, and so a lot of big time people are over there. Uh, you know, we, we I think I've got 90 followers over Peter there. Peter Schiff so. is, uh, is he on Bitchard or is it uh, library too? I listen to Peter Schiff, uh, his podcast. Actually, truth be told, almost everything I listen to or is through podcasts. And I, there's very few okay. stuff that I actually watch on YouTube besides, you know, uh, besides me posting there. I, uh, I'm just yeah. busy running around and I'd rather just have something in my ears or if I'm in the car. Or, uh, so personally, and I've been trying to tell Josh, hey, man, like, like I would prioritize getting your ass on, on uh, you know, on Josh, on podcast get over players. it. Get podcasts. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's way easier than, than besides editing. I mean, all the time that's spent editing the videos, making them look all nice. And yeah, I love you, Josh. But, you know, it's way yeah. easier to just, you know, click a button to, you know, produce an MP4A or MP3 than it is to do that. And uh, anyways, yeah, definitely appreciate everyone who's, you know, hit the like button. It's, you know, almost 100% of the people that are watching now. Obviously, some people have gone on, some people have gone gotten off of here but you know definitely appreciate everyone uh you know for following us i know we're getting a lot of hardcore truth out there also follow us on discord there's a ton of we had a huge explosion in discord we had like the other day i feel like we had like 200 people on discord and today we got like what, like 310 or something just you know in the basically in the past week we've you know grown by about a third uh and so a lot of the stuff we post is going to be in there it's, i mean I, yeah they can take you down from there hopefully within like a week i've got like a rough version of the liberty advisor show.com out right now it's not really up to my liking right now so i have a whole bunch of edits i wanted to put through to make it simpler and just have one spot where all the links are but it's not there unless you're listening to this like a month from now, then, then yeah, it will be there. But you know, timestamp today is October 20th, 2020. Uh, so 10, 20, 2020, you know, very, uh, I don't know, very even type numbers there, but anyways, uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about? I know that, uh, you know, I've had, you know, a long couple of days since I gotten back and, and, uh, probably want to, uh, you know, uh, just relax. Well, actually, I, I, I just have one more thing that I just came to my head. Um, and it's in the Forex markets. Uh, the Norwegian Krona, uh, because this is like I'm from Norway, so I'm a little bit of a Norwegian uh, geek on Norwegian economics and, and politics. And uh, the Norwegian Krona is the worst performing currency of all the major currencies right now uh, because we're extremely dependent country on oil. And it was insane, Tim. It went from 75 uh krona to a dollar to 12 at the peak now it's at 9.3 something which is pretty insane that's a huge loss of value i actually was running numbers on all these balance sheets too in used dollar terms tim like from 20 uh, 2019 till today and actually the used dollar has really been strong and so a lot of the balance sheets even though they increased a lot in local currencies 
the actual balance sheet didn't increase that much in U.S. dollars because the U.S. dollar became so strong versus other currencies. But I think we're, I don't know, like when we're going to reach the top of, uh, of it all because usually throughout 2000 and I think it was even before that in the 19, uh, early 1990s, uh, in 2008, the used dollar peaked out at, you know, very high level uh, where, you know, it's very strong compared to the other dollars. It still is losing value, but it's, it's still the strongest of the bunch. Uh, but then at one point, it just like falls apart. And then the whole, uh, you know, the stock market and everything just collapses in a black hole. And a lot of people think that, you know, they're going to see the stock markets go as low as 50, between 50 to 80 percent down uh, soon which is totally possible because there's no, there's blatant disregard for, you know, actual revenue for cor- from corporations and cash flow. Nobody even cares about that anymore. They all, the only thing they care about is who's going to get the next stimulus check from the government. Uh, and that is actually what's fueling the, the stock markets right now, which is pretty sad, uh, a sad affair, Tim, to say the least. Yeah, it's funny. When I was at a recent truck stop, I saw a guy with a Nor- Norway shirt on, and I'm like, oh, one of my best friends is from Norway. He's like, well, I'm not from Norway. I'm from America. And I'm like, all right, well, I, I sort of figured you're from America. But anyway, it's it you know, very funny. He's like a military guy. He's like, yeah, I was only there for this military trek. I'm like, all right, well, my buddy was in the Norwegian military, but uh, it didn't seem like he was too happy to talk. But, you know, it's weird because I wasn't wearing a mask. He wasn't wearing one. Meanwhile, the diner only allowed like six people in at a time, even though it's pretty yeah. huge. Anyways. We're rambling, but definitely appreciate everyone for watching us. Uh, we'll be back with more episodes. Got a ton of episodes and, and shows, interviews coming from uh, Red Pill that I've got to uh, get up once I get some time to uh, you know figure out the, the order of all this stuff. But anyways, uh, I'm Tim Pichot, the Liberty Advisor. We got John Snice and the Economic Truth. You can find all of John's information at theeconomictruth.org, where you know he's got consulting for people, uh, you know who, especially you know Canadians for people, because I can't help people in Canada. But you know if you, uh, you know, are, are basically John, you want to give a plug about some of the stuff you can help people yeah, out sure. with. What I have started to focus on uh, lately is actually trying to do a lot of consulting for people. Actually, now I'm doing some consulting on blockchain, on uh, actually a, a rating system for blockchain, uh, which is quite interesting. It's a uh, it's a system that's quite opposite of what the the uh, what a uh, you know the decentralized systems are. It's a total open source uh, decentralized system. Uh, so I'm doing some consulting on that. I actually consulted to two blockchains throughout now. Uh, one that I'm trying to revive back to life again uh, because I really like the project. Uh, and another one that was in real estate uh, based, uh, you know, in fractional real estate ownership uh, base. So it's very interesting there. So I do a lot of uh, for blockchain organizations i've done some um, uh, consulting there i do a lot of research as i said you know we, we just talked about the central bank data uh, and balance sheets and so on i do a lot of that kind of stuff so if you're interested in that i actually just recently i'm hoping to start taking some payments for it uh, because i've been giving it away for free just to you know get my name out there a little bit uh, but I was recently featured in uh, privatedebtinvestor.com, uh, which has a newsletter for uh, sovereign wealth funds and for uh, private uh, fund, inv- fund uh, managers. 
uh, that is, I think it was like 8,000 US dollars uh, a year that you have to pay to be a member of it. And I actually got my, um, my derivatives data featured there, which is really cool. So that's some of the projects that I'm doing. I, I, I love putting together and visualizing data because when you visualize data, you start to see patterns um, as well. And I, I'm, I am trying to probably like within uh, next year, I'm working on trying to find some AIs that I can use. So we really could fast forward the process of visualizing and creating all this data because it, it's just basically me, uh, you know, uh, man hours going into just doing this stuff. And uh, I, I would rather have just an algo, you know, pull the data and then put it in somewhere uh, and then, you know, visualizing it for me. Uh, and that's where we're going, by the way, if uh, if, if people uh, know a little bit about like AI and stuff. So, but I, I do a lot of that. And then, of course, I do interviews on lots of different channels uh, on, and I do economic analysis. I actually been featured on a lot of different places. If you go on my website, I've been on BBC, uh, like locally here, it's uh, CTV. I've been on uh, uh, uh what is it? Global, uh, City TV, uh, CBC News. Uh, I've been on uh, a lot of different, all the different alternative platforms where I put up my content and knowledge. So I try to do a lot of that, Tim. Uh, and then, of course, you can have consulting hours with me where I, uh, of course, it's all my opinion, but I actually do a lot of consulting where I sit down with a person, just go through like a little bit of monetary history, trying to educate them on uh, what really is, uh, you know, uh, powerful for them to maybe put their portfolio towards to secure themselves a little bit better. Of course, it's always my opinion, but it's always, uh, you know, factual, uh, factual opinion uh, that are based upon factual stats and so on. So there's, um, a lot of good content that I come up with for people that I really have helped uh, people out and uh, they gain uh, some really good, uh, good power. You know, there was a guy coming up to me just to mention a little bit about it. He came up to me at, it was a red pill expo that me and Josh was at. He's like, you guys made, uh, made me millionaire when you uh, predicted that I uh, like uh, should put some money into Bitcoin back in, I think it was like 2016 or something. Uh, and so there's those things, you know, I, I was in 2014, that's when I got involved in cryptocurrencies because I saw the potential at that time. It was only three crypto. Well, it was only Bitcoin when I got in, but then suddenly right after you got Litecoin and Dogecoin came into play. Uh, so there is um, that aspect. I've always been, you know, very fan of blockchain and the whole system itself. And of course, I'm very understanding of technology uh, through my education uh, itself that I have in my background so I really have a lot of knowledge on the technological side but I also love the the analysis and uh, I think me and Tim are very good at predicting you know where we're moving towards because, because we can actually see the patterns uh, by you know looking back in history and looking at what they've done before a lot of times and it, it just because it's a, a new digital currency era doesn't mean that it's going to be any different of what they've done with paper currency or saw you know with uh, with uh, coinage and so on in history so uh, yeah just go on to the economic truth you can book me directly there uh, and find me there and then um, you'll be able to you know have a one-on-one -on -one, or if you want to do consulting hours i i could do whatever you want 
uh, as a setup. Uh, and I would love to love to help you out with whatever you have as questions. And I could actually, like, I'm a pretty good networker, so I could usually bring in people uh, onto the table for you uh, that you might be interested in uh, in connecting with as well. So there's a lot of a lot of things that I could bring to the table for everyone, and uh, hopefully, you know. Uh, you guys will find some benefit in that and uh, we could have some monetarily uh, transactions between each other because of the 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 uh, the content and everything that i do and if it, and if that's your elevator pitch hopefully it's a really tall building so and you got or, or the elevator breaks and you get well trade center but then it came down pretty fast again so yeah, and then uh, I did get stuck at there was it like the Voodoo Lounge once at the, the top of uh, in Vegas, and I'm like I'm like the 70th floor or something. I'm like oh crap, this is like the where I do not want to be stuck here. And uh, anyways, you know, and and you can find my stuff at thelibertyadvisor.com. Also in the process of tightening that up. But uh, yeah, if you got old 401ks, IRAs, one investment management, uh, all that you know standard stuff, but done so in a non uh, standard way, then you guys can go hit me up uh, and uh, you know book directly there. Anyways. Peace out. Thank you for everybody for watching and we'll talk to you guys later. Take care.